art's always been something I've been passionate about. Solely relaxing, takes my mind off footy and all that stuff. So um, we, we see a lot of uh, mental mental strength now in coming into the AFL. Sort of felt like now it's my role and duty as a Sudanese to sort of lead an example for multicultural kids, not only Sudanese but all the Muslim kids and uh, any, any kid who, who wants to reach out and who thinks AFL is their goal. I think one of the main bits of advice from Kripa and from Walshi um, is just to kind of not really set any limits on what I want to achieve this year and they said you know, why, why not aim for round one? Why not aim to play a few games this year? So that's kind of the mindset I'm rolling with at the moment. Um, he rang me a couple of days before and was just wondering if I was then going to Miami and it turns out I was two days later and then he booked us up to train with Antonio Brown and it was an awesome experience. As you mentioned, the, the speed, power, work and the way he can sort of turn on a dime was unbelievable. Hello and welcome to Over the PA, the AFL Players Association's newest podcast. I'm Ben Guthrie and we're broadcasting from the Player Leadership and Induction Conference at Marble Stadium as we bring together the AFL PA delegates and the AFL's newest draftees. That was a bit of a mouthful, but uh, today <laughs> we're going to give uh, a bit of an insight into the role of the delegates uh, playing their clubs, uh, the draftees uh, and how they're inducted into the AFL system and what the AFL PA does in representing the players' interests um, helping us through today's episode, we've got AFLPA Regional Manager and Victorian Cricket Megastar, Bobby Quiney. <laughs> Bobby, Don't know about welcome. Megastar, but yeah, thanks for having me, Guthers. It's, uh, it's my first uh, le- player leadership and induction camp, obviously formerly known as the Delegates and Inductees or whatever it was called. Direct, so directors and Delegates. Joint, yeah. We, um, we'll just go with D&D, we had maybe. Some, D&D, we yeah. had something similar in cricket. So, uh, geez, I'm looking, to, looking forward to see how this unfolds because there's plenty of people here and plenty of interaction. It's great, isn't it? And um, you've come from the ACA yes. originally? Yeah. So. Yeah, so I, obviously there is, they were my players' representation when I was yep. playing and then um, I did some work with them as well last year as well. So uh, that, was, that was good, a great experience and then, you know, an even greater understanding to how much work goes in beyond the scenes. I guess as a player, I probably neglected that and, and didn't realise how much work went in beyond the scenes and, and now I'm, I'm that fool doing that hard work. So um, it's good, it swings and roundabouts, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Um, so explain to us a little bit about your role here at the PA. You've been on board for, was it six, seven months now? I wish, I think it's about four, mu- four months now, just over four months. Jeez. Yeah, I've, I've, I've you, haven't I? I'm, I'm annoying you at the moment, <laughs> others. Uh, yeah, so regional manager. So I'm basically um, the players' representative for my three clubs, and my three clubs are Melbourne, the Western Bulldogs, and Geelong. We've got players at different ends of the spectrum. We've got the the draftees, and um, as you mentioned, we had the amalgamation of the um, directors and delegates. What comp- a word, amalgamation. Yeah, I thought I'd roll with that one. What? Uh, when was the last time you used that word? Ah, uh, don't know, maybe. Oh, year 12. So, you, so you've used it before, I have, though? yeah. Good yeah. on you. It's a bit more of a, like a, explain it. It's um, like a connection, I guess, and bringing, yeah, yeah. bringing things together. Yeah. But I thought, like I'd try, thought I'd try to impress you, mate. I love it. No, you, um, you don't need to impress me. You already, you already do, mate. <laughs> as soon as I walked in, you're very impressive. Oh, thank you. Um, I'll, pay, I'll pay you later for that one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've got, so, as, yeah, as I was saying, we've got the delegates and also the draftees uh, together. Um, and we've explained a little bit about what the draftees do and, and your role with them, but uh, the delegates are the other um, side of the coin. So uh, we've got a little bit more of a session to go with that tomorrow. Tomorrow, yeah. Um, which would be which would be great. But um, give us a bit of a brief overview of um, yeah your relationship with them and, and what you're you're trying to work with them 
um, with their clubs. Yeah, it was pretty much what I've said before, how I work within the clubs and, and those open lines of communication back and forth. They're, they're the actual touch points. Um, you know, Melbourne have got Tom McDonald, Alex Neil Bullen and, and Jaden Hunt. The Bulldogs have got Josh Dunkley and Taylor DeRay. And at the moment, the Cats have got Sam Menegola and on the lookout for one more. So we'd, we'd sit down every sort of three, four weeks and discuss if anything's an issue. If there's no issues, happy days. If there's any information that I can pass on from the PA towards those three guys or two guys to pass on to the playing group, we try and do that. Um, it, it empowers the players as well to be able to pass that information on as opposed to sending emails and surveys out all the time. Fascinating chat, mate. Uh, I think we're going to hear a bit of a cameo from you uh, later on in I'll be floating yeah. around. Well, I'm going to hit the hit the floor now. Um, speak to a few of the draftees. With, with your hand or your foot? <laughs> with my hand. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to hit the floor. We'll make sure we'll um, get a little bit of an insight into some of the draftees, and I reckon you might be able to. If you can, mate. Jump across and get if you can get Cody Waitman. Of he's plenty of pizzazz I've heard. So okay. Yeah, he's he's given me a little bit. When I, I've only met him once. Good. Um, said a later on this morning, but he's uh, he's got something about him. So. Keep an eye on him. All right. Well, hopefully he gives uh, as good as he gets. <laughs> Let's hope so. Exactly, mate. Thanks very much, Bobby. Thanks, Guthers. Uh, we're speaking with Cody Waitman, uh, newest member of the Bulldogs, small forward down there. How have you found your first couple of months at, at the Dogs? Yeah, I absolutely love the, the opportunity. Um, the boys have been really welcoming and inviting for me coming in from the very start. So uh, the transition, it's obviously a big change, just moving out of home and everything, but um, it's been as smooth as possible, really. Who's really taking you under their wing so far down at the Dogs? Mitch Wallace has uh, actually taken me into his house for the last, well, the first, up till Christmas. So uh, he's been huge for me. And um, yeah, so him and Emily, his, his wife, um, have really welcomed me. And um, that's just one example of a heap of players that have really helped me settle in. And Mitch is a pretty mature type of person. What, what are some of the, the life lessons that he's given you so far? Yeah, he's. Um, I think living with him, it's, it's he can show you all his diet and his, his um, I don't know, all the way things he goes about everything. But I think it's just little things that you pick up about um, the things he does in his day to day life, um, rather than the the ob- obvious things that first meet your eye. Um, but yeah, he's uh, he's definitely been big for me. And yeah, like you say, a really mature fella. Um, study like doing all that stuff outside of football, and he's got a really good balance in life. So someone I've definitely learnt off. I've got an interesting one for Cody. Um, just through pre-season, mate, um, how have you gone with your apparel? Because I've heard there's a, there's a rumour going around that the shorts aren't quite short enough for you. Is this, is this true when you're trying to get a tan? No, it's true. The, the shorts have given me a too big, so I have to fold them. and I think the shorter ones will be on the way, though, so it will be right. <laughs> uh, that's great. Bobby Quine is throwing you right under the bus there. Yeah, what, are, what are your aims for, for 2020, mate? Um, bit of senior footy on the horizon? Uh, that'd, be, that'd be amazing. Um, but I think yeah, I'm, a, I'm at an AFL club now, so I'm trying to trying to get my feet. And it's it's early days, so it's hard to tell where I'm at exactly. But um, certainly, it'd be a goal to to play uh, in the ones. But um, yeah, I think if it's AFL or VFL, I just want to play some good footy, and hopefully that'll hold me in good stead to then play some ones football, whether it's next year or in the near future. Beautiful. Thanks very much for your time, Cody, and hopefully you get that short situation sorted out. Uh, quick smart. It's <laughs> too easy. Thank you. Uh, we're joined on over the PA by Liam Henry, pick number nine in uh, last year's draft. Liam, how have you found uh, your first couple of months at, at Fremantle? Um, it's been good. Um, the trans, um, like the 
the transformation to go into the club was, um, I guess, easier for me. I've been in there um, in 2018, so um, I really sort of knew the routine and how um, they went about and obviously built good relationship with the players and coaches around and the staff around Frio. So, um, yeah, mine's just been um, pretty easy at the moment. Just um, The hard bit is just trying to get my um, rehab stuff all sorted, um, going to... Um, in 2020, I'll hopefully be back um, training within two weeks, so um, yeah, I'm excited. How important is it to have something like the Next Generation Academy to really prepare you for um, life as an AFL footballer, like as, as a teenager really? Yeah, it definitely sets you up, um, po um, like um, coming into, an, um, into your draft year, obviously I've been a part of the um, Next Generation at Freo for about three years now. Um, and the closer you get to um, your draft year, the more involved you get into the um, club. So um, they teach you a lot of off-field stuff, um, uh, which includes dietary and um, how you go about it. And obviously um, gets an experience of an AFL, uh, how, how you do it on a daily base. Um, but then they also just um, give you feedback on how you can obviously perform on-field as well. So, um, yeah, that, um, yeah, that organisation sort of been a, probably a good, good thing for me and... Um, to start my AFL. Um, Tendai Mazungu once said um, basically they want you to come in as a second year player rather than a first year player so yeah that's been really good assets for me. We got a really good insight into maybe who you are as a character a little bit on, on draft night with, with your parents and the emotion that they showed as well. What does it mean for you to sort of represent them and, and um, I suppose your indigenous culture as well? Yeah it definitely means a lot. Um, obviously trying to build a, a good role model and a good person um, off field and um, as I said if I got my off field stuff right then my on field stuff take care of itself but I wanted just to basically just because coming um, from a small town of Tamman like there's not really much life out there so um, and just give that message that home will always be there but your career can just go as a blink of a eye so if you you basically give it all you got and um, AFL might be not your career but something else that you're interested in. Um, all I can say is that if you're willing to work hard um, then it could pay off so um, yeah it's trying to obviously uh, my parents were really emotional at the time and um, they've obviously seen me grow as a person and seen that I've um, obviously worked hard for what I've got so um, yeah it's, it's good to pay off. And you've got a bit of balance in, in your life so far. Um, you've got the Tide to Culture Indigenous Art. Just tell us a little bit about that, that venture. Oh, yeah. So, Tide, so um, being um, boarding for six years at Christchurch, um, um, each year we do an art exhibition. So, um, like a couple of years ago, we did ties and um, we sold them throughout the school. And then we sold about 400. Um, so, yes, yeah, so art's always been something I've been passionate about. Um, it's obviously. Um, slowly relaxing, takes my mind off footy and all that stuff. So um, we, we see a lot of um, mental mental strength now in coming into the AFL, and obviously the AFL PA really um, really controlled that with the mental skills and obviously the talks on that. Um, so yeah, if I got basically that balance right with my um, off field and obviously controlling um, footy, um, and I looked into obviously. Obviously, tying back to my culture, it was really important to myself and my identity. Um, and going away from home for six years, um, I've sort of, sort of lost it for a little bit. But then um, being able to reflect back on art, um, it's definitely brought something. Do you hope to sort of continue that throughout your, your AFL career and keep producing um, art that way? Yes, definitely. Um, obviously, 
um, the, the big factor was the money part of it, um, just trying to um, produce the tyres. Obviously, um, there's a bit of money to go into it now. Hopefully, I can um, start controlling that and um, look into savings with the um, to invest in other things like scarves and for women. So we got tyres for men, so we're trying to invest with indigenous scarves for women and um, see how that goes and then um, link in with like socks and stuff. So yeah, we've got a few ideas and um, yeah, I'm trying to just trying to work out what I'm going to do and yeah, just I guess I would never know until the future holds. All the best with your footy and also life after footy. Uh, sounds like you've got a lot of things going on and um, you're a really interesting person to chat to. So thanks very much for your time, Liam. Thank you. Cheers. All right, joining us here is number three pick in the draft, Luke Jackson. How are you finding uh, your first couple of months at the D's? Yeah, um, it's been so good. Like I've loved every minute of it. and um, like The training's been really fun as well. So um, like, I just can't wait to get stuck into it after Christmas, yeah. You had a great under-18 year. Uh, what, what was the catalyst behind... Um, choosing football over over basketball yeah um like after talking with like family and stuff and like a lot of coaches it came pretty easy in the end um like I just knew it was the right thing for me going forward and um like last year I loved playing and um like it was the most fun I've had so like I haven't really looked back yeah what, what's bit, um, big Maxi Gorn's influence been on you like so far yeah he's been massive um like on and off the field he's given me a lot of tips already and um like the way he goes about it as well, like I try and watch as much as I can off him and um, like he's taught me a lot as well, so he's been massive, yeah. He's obviously turned into a, a pretty good aerobic player as well, that that's an area of his game that he's really improved. Is that something that you really really want to hone in on? Yeah, definitely. Um, like I kind of want to be the player that can um, get around the ground as well, So um, and obviously Gorn is really good at that, so like try and watch him and learn stuff off him as well. I think that will help me going forward, yeah. Well, thanks very much for your time, Luke, and um, yeah, best of luck for 2020. Cheers, thank you. Joining us here at the Leadership Induction Conference at Marvel Stadium is Biggie Nguyen, uh, the newest Tiger. Congratulations on landing at the Tigers. What, what have your first impressions been so far? Um, at first, it was pretty daunting, uh, but can't really complain too much. The boys have been pretty welcoming, and just the coaching staff and, and all the staff down in Richmond have been very welcoming, so I almost feel at home now. I'd call it my second home, so yeah, it's been pretty good. How did you go on draft night? Obviously, there was a bid bid placed on you by by the Tigers. Um, yeah, what what were your reactions? Yeah, no, emotions were flying high when that when that bid was made uh, at pick 54. Um, the whole room just sort of froze because at the same time, you you know your childhood dreams were about to come true. You're about to be at an AFL list, but you just weren't sure whether what team you were going to go to. So just out wait to see if um, Saints would match it or not. Um, Felt like the longest wait of my life, but yeah, no, it was good. And I guess like being part of the St Kilda um, Academy, that sort of helped you sort of prepare for for life in the AFL system. What, what sort of tips and and tricks did you learn from that? And you'll be able to transfer those across um, now that you're at the Tigers. Um, yeah, I sort of see it as I got a bit of a head start over the most of the boys in the pool. Um, I was managed to to get a gig down at Saints for three weeks leading into the draft, and just got a really eye opening. And see how it's like of a into an AFL footballer in preseason. So um, yeah, they did set me up very well for the for the long run. And you're a proud Sudanese person as well. How um, inspiring is it to see guys like Mad Jack Daw and Alir Alir trailblazing um, for for guys like yourself coming through? Yeah, it's um, it's it's those guys, those names are names I've been looking up to as a kid since very young, and I've always aspired to be you know half as 
half as good as their turnout as a person only as footballers. So um, to actually be named in the draft was a massive achievement for, for myself and, and sort of, you know, sort of felt like now it's my role and duty as a Sudanese um, to sort of lead an example for my ultra-culture kids, not only Sudanese, but all the Muslim kids and um, yeah, any, any kid who, who wants to reach out and who thinks you know, AFL is their goal, but yeah. Um, Richmond, I think, have done a great job of that, sending us, um, sending us up very well to be Richmond men, which, is, um, which would be a massive honour if, if I, one day I finished my career and was able to call it a, a Richmond man. So, yeah. Well, thanks for giving us a bit of an insight into who you are and, and good luck for 2020, hopefully you get a game. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Uh, we're joined by Adelaide defender uh, Fisher Mackesy. Thanks very much for joining us. Uh, what, what's your uh, first impressions been of Adelaide so far? Um, yeah, it's, it's a bit different to Melbourne. It's a bit, bit more cruisy, a bit, um, bit more relaxed. Um, the traffic's much better than Melbourne, which is a massive positive. And yeah, um, there's some great beaches down there. The beaches are probably better than Melbourne. So yeah, it's, it's a pretty cruisy lifestyle, which I really like. What are your living arrangements over there? Are you with a host family or with a, with a teammate? Yeah, I was with a teammate before Christmas. I was with Tom Duday, um, so that was really good. And then after Christmas, I'll go back and live with the host family with Josh Worrell. So it'll be us two together. Um, and yeah, it should be really fun. What was Tom like as a, as a housemate? Yeah, he's awesome. Yeah, he's a, he's a great bloke. Um, him and his partner, Em, were really nice, looked after me very well. So yeah, can't say enough good things about them. He loves his NFL. Have you bought into that lifestyle as well? Are you, are you into, into the NFL as well? Um, uh, a little bit, um, but I learned a lot from Tom, like so much. Um, he knows heaps. Um, he's always watching it. So, yeah, that was pretty cool to get a bit of an insight into that. And, yeah, I'm, I'm a bit more into it now. So I think he's um, converted me. Uh, Tom and, and I guess um, Daniel Talia, two of the, the main guys you've been working with so far? Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably more um, Daniel Talia and Kyle Hardy are now on the track at the moment because Tom's had a few injury um, interruptions. So... Yeah, all those guys have been really great um, and just, yeah, obviously got so much experience. So um, just passing that on to me, um, it's been really helpful. How have you found the training so far has been, been pretty tough? We've been easing um, relatively, yeah, easing quite a bit. Um, so it's been, yeah, it's been tough when we're out there, but I guess we're doing shorter sessions than everyone else. So it's been manageable in that sense. Um, I think after Christmas, though, we'll, yeah, really start to ramp it up. Have you got a nickname at the new at your new club yet? No, nothing. that's really stuck. Um, Tex Walker loves to throw around a few nicknames. He's been calling me Pikeel, Fisher and Pikeel, and Donald Fisher, some actor, I think. So I'm, I'm not really sure how they'll go. But yeah, I think most of the boys just say Fish, which is pretty pretty easy one. Pretty stock standard. Good good luck for 2020, and thanks very much for joining us. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. We've got uh, Carlton midfielder Sam Phil, pick number 20 uh, in last year's draft, joining us. How have you found your, your first couple of months at, at Carlton so far? Yeah, thanks, Ben. Um, yeah, first couple of months have been still um, yeah, a bit of a whirlwind. I know like the first first few weeks for sure were um, I was just yeah, pure excitement, loved going in. Um, and yeah, it's just been all the boys um, have been really supportive, really welcoming and um, yeah, I'm just so grateful to be at Carlton and um, yeah, it's been a relaxing break for the last three weeks but um, yeah, I'm well ready to go back into things. I'm really excited for the year ahead. A few people sort of saw you as a, a bit of a draft bolter, pick number 20. Did you sort of pay any attention to that or once you sort of got into the club, you just wanted to really make, make your mark? Yeah, look, I think you read a little bit into it um, just naturally throughout the year and um, I suppose it is kind of cool to be seen as that. 
Um, but I think, yeah, once once you kind of into the club, no one really reads into that at all. It's everyone's on this, all the first year boys are on the kind of the same level and um, treated and respected the same. So I think, um, yeah, that's a pretty important thing um, to know. And I think yeah, now that I'm in here, it's just kind of now really earning the respect of the current players and coaching group and, um, yeah, trying to do everything we can to hopefully play a game this year. Would have been a bit of a bit of a setback for you when you, you missed selection for Vic Metro, but did you really try and put all your focus into to playing really well for the Knights and um, in that second half of the year and really sort of prove people wrong in that in that respect? Yeah, exactly. I think um, missing Metro early on um, was yeah at the time felt like it was a pretty big setback, but um, yeah throughout the Knights there were heaps of supportive people there and um, they managed to yeah just keep me right on track and um, reassure me really that. The Knights, there's still plenty of opportunities and yeah, so I just kind of played the rest of the year there and um, managed to have a good back end of the season which I think really helped me and um, yeah, I think I love playing throughout the Knights, played there for pretty much two full seasons so um, yeah, it turned out to be really good. And tell us a little bit about a, a gym session you with, did with Neville Jatter a few years back. Um, yeah, obviously training with Nev and, and sort of getting a bit of a sense of what he goes through in his um, normal regime. Yeah, so um, just bummed into Nev at a local Bundura gym. Um, yeah, I think I was just with a mate of mine and we first bumped into him and couldn't really believe who it was because I think, yeah, the gym um, doesn't really have a huge reputation. So, yeah, to see him and then uh, worked up the courage to go and speak to him and, um, yeah, just through that, organised a few training sessions, um, obviously being close to home where, where I'm from. Um, yeah, I went into the club into Melbourne and did a session with a few of his teammates, which was really eye-opening and um, really good experience for me. And, yeah, he's just been a contact and a bit of a network throughout my draft year um, just to point of contact and caught up with him for a couple of breakfasts and that type of thing just to probably chew his ear off a bit with questions and that but um, yeah he was more than happy to answer them so um, yeah he's been awesome for me and um, yeah one of the first people to congratulate me for getting drafted. He's a pretty learned man so what sort of advice did he, he give you along the journey? Oh, one of the main things he said was just to um, really really recognise and find someone a player amongst uh, the list who um, really is really respected, really valued, and um, just kind of um, who's probably yeah essentially the hardest trainer. And he said just try and find someone who's really professional, really disciplined, and almost go under their wing a bit. Um, it has been hard as a first year player because we are um, on limited minutes throughout sessions. But um, yeah, look up even Sam Walsh for me going to the club. He's someone who I've been uh, really trying to keep an eye on. He's and he's been a great support for me as well. So I think that was probably the, one of the main bits of advice he gave me that I've uh, really stuck to. Yeah. What's um what's a major aim for for 2020 for you? I think for me, I've been one who's really um, dug into the goal setting throughout the years. But I think one of the main bits of advice from Kripa and from Walshi um, is just to kind of not really set any limits on what I want to achieve this year. And they said, you know, why why not aim for round one? Why not aim to play a few games this year? So that's kind of the mindset I'm rolling with at the moment. Um, is just to keep training as hard as I can, set um, kind of little goals for each session. Um, try and show off my strengths and that type of thing but yeah I think just from overlooking the season it's just to um, yeah hopefully play as many games as I can um, and yeah just not really set any limits on what I want to achieve. Why not? Good luck for 2020. No worries Ben, thanks for having me. Alright, uh, joining us here at the Leadership in Induction Conference is Western Bulldogs delegate and star midfielder Josh Dunkley. Thanks for joining us Josh. Uh, what have you got out of uh, the session so far? Yeah, so far it's been pretty good. Obviously, a lot of talking points you know, from the year gone, and um, looking forward to the future and you know the CBA coming up in a couple of years' time. So it's been really good so far, and yeah, enjoying it. The second year as a delegate, what have you learnt from your first year, and hopefully be able to impart some of that stuff in in the second year? 
Yeah, I was just saying to a couple of boys before, it's been good to sort of take up a little bit of a leadership role within the footy club um, as a younger player. Uh, so having more of a voice and confidence and be able to talk in front of groups as well. So, um, yeah, and really relaying that message from the PA to the players and vice versa from the footy club to the PA as well. So it gives me good confidence to be able to, you know, talk to Marshy and guys like that who, are, you know, as a younger player, you're sort of a bit nervous to approach. Has that role helped in your personal development, do you think? Definitely, yeah. As I mentioned it, but the, the confidence and ability to talk in front of groups takes a while to sort of get used to. And I think last year, you know, stepped up in, into the delegate role and it helped me a lot. And this year, obviously, um, being elevated to the leadership group at the footy club. So it's helped me along the way and hopefully it does going, going forward. What was the secret behind um, such a breakout 2019 for you? Oh, I'm not too sure. It was just, yeah, a lot of hard work went into it. Uh, and the off-season went away with Marcus Bond and Pally and worked on a few things and we've done the same thing again this year so hopefully it keeps us, holds us in good stead and um, we can continue to improve with such an exciting group at the footy club. How was the trip and um, I know you went again uh, just last year in 2019 as well so um, yeah well, what did you get out of training in such a, a high intensity environment where you can sort of learn a lot about physical adaptations and, and I guess um, training at the Gatorade um, centre as well? Yeah, it helps a lot. I think for us it was more about stimulating different sort of training techniques and through Nike we were able to, you know, go to a, a pretty special um, institute and uh, the world headquarters and they taught us a lot more flexibility and mobility kind of thing and then we had a, an Olympic coach as well um, in California that helped us with more of an aerobic sort of speed power work. So just gaining different ideas from them and being able to bring it home and talk to our coaches here about it and implementing this into our programs it's helped a lot. Spent a bit of time with Antonio Brown uh, down in Florida how was that experience like? Yeah it was unbelievable and Jamie Hepner an old GPS coach from Vic Country days actually works with Catapult over there now so um, he rang me a couple of days before and was just wondering if I was then going to Miami and turns out I was two days later and then he hooked us up to train with Antonio Brown and it was an awesome experience as you mentioned the, the speed power work and the way he can sort of turn on a dime was unbelievable. So he taught us little things and little techniques. I was soaring the hammies the day after, I can tell you that. It was it was a big session and more speed though. And we tried to run a 400 with him, he wouldn't do it. So um, yeah, definitely shorter game, um, but yeah, skillful, skillful player. It's a random question, I'll try and keep it a serious note. Now, you obviously uh, think of yourself as a pretty handy fisherman um, and you went up to Noosa recently with a family. Um, you went pretty well catching some fish up there or did you have a few struggles up there? A couple of struggles mate. <laughs> I went out on a five day, five hour charter and um, came back with nothing so <laughs> fought a shark for about 20 minutes. But that was Do you get your money back at all from the charter if you don't catch anything? No way, no way that's a stitch up, that's, what, that's where they make they, their money. Thanks for joining us on Over the PA podcast Josh and uh, yeah good luck for 2020. Thanks, Ben. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're joined here by uh, Geelong Superstar and AFLPA President Patrick Dangerfield. Danger, thanks for joining us. Um, what did you get out of the, the last couple of days? Oh, I think it's been great to combine not only all our delegates but also the induction of, of new players into our AFL system and into the AFLPA. So there's 80 new players, so it's been great to actually spend some time with them as well as our delegates. And then uh, quite clearly the main purpose of the the conference is to canvas the opinions of all our delegates from all representatives from 18 clubs. So it's been wonderful to, to gauge their views over the last few days. What do you see as the major uh, focuses for the PA's board this year and the delegates themselves? 
Uh, mental health continues um, to be of really importance for us. There's, there's a lot of different, um, I suppose, facets that, that encompasses work-life balance, um, the programming and structures that we have at AFL clubs, but um, fundamentally we've got to make sure that we provide our players with an environment that really fosters and cares for their, their mental health and well-being. And I guess uh, the, the State of Origin game's just been announced. Um, obviously a really exciting venture for the players and, and something you're really um, happy to be a part of. Yeah, it certainly is. And one thing that I'm really proud of is just the commitment that our AFL players continue to have for, for causes that really um, impact and help out the community. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's bushfires this year, but um, right throughout the course of my involvement in the PA, we have players that continue to to advocate for um, for different social issues and we've certainly seen um, just the, the devastating impact the fires have had and players are looking forward to um, representing themselves, their clubs and the Big V and the All-Stars in what will be a, a wonderful exhibition game. Thanks for joining us, mate. Thank you. All right, we're joined by General Manager, Player and Stakeholder Relations, Brett Murphy here at Marvel Stadium. Uh, we've got the Player and Leadership and Induction Conference here. It's been a great success, hasn't it, Murph? And, um, yeah, what are some of the major talking points that, are, that have come out of it? Oh, it's been a terrific couple of days, Guthers. Um, we've joined the uh, directors and delegates and first-year players together for the first time. Um, we've brought them together for some key discussions, uh, both at the beginning of the day yesterday and at the end, um, and it's been terrific. We've really enjoyed it. We've really enjoyed having both groups here together, and hopefully both groups will have learnt from each other. In terms of the delegates, they obviously play a really important role being a conduit between um, the playing group and, and the club as well. So are you able to just give um, us a little bit of an understanding of some of the roles they perform in their clubs and, and I guess away from the field as well? Yeah, sure. Um, the delegate is, is effectively a representative of the playing group. Um, they're chosen by the players for the players to represent them in all issues. Um, they play a really important role in linking all parts of the industry, the AFL, the clubs and the PA and, and the playing group. So um, they influence and impact decisions at the PA. They influence and impact decisions at their club. Um, they represent the playing group um, when decisions need to be made on the playing group's behalf. So just over the last couple of days, we've had a tremendous discussion with the delegate group around how the playing group is going to respond to the bushfire crisis. Um, what do we need to do? Uh, are we willing to agree to a short half-time break? What do we need to do with regards to the illicit drugs policy? Things like that. So they play a really important role in representing their playing group in discussions with us um, and they play a really important role at their clubs so when the clubs need to um, want to make a change to scheduling for instance um, around days off or, or timing of training um, they play a really important role in um, looking after the interests of the playing group and the clubs in those discussions as well so it's a really important role. Murph, uh, thanks very much for giving us a great insight into the role of a delegate, uh, your role in particular and and I guess, yeah, the success of um, the Player Leadership in Induction Conference. Really appreciate your time. Well, Bobby, that was a very successful two days at uh, the Player Leadership Induction Conference. Uh, Spit it out, Guthers. Yeah, I was, I was a little bit better earlier, wasn't I? Amalgamation. And Hold on, you, you probably, you are burnt out. And yeah, let's just it's, call been, it's been, been a big couple of days. Massive couple of days. It's yeah. been exciting. Uh, I've got heaps out of it, mate. Um, unfortunately, I've got a new nickname out of it as well, but I'm not going to tell you. And uh, but well, I might have to ask Cody Waitman that one. <laughs> you, you can do that. You can <laughs> you can re-interview him. As as you said, there's been some really impressive, impressive guys that have floated 
uh, throughout the room and um, yeah the, the response especially around the the bushfire relief fund's been overwhelming and it makes you pretty proud to be an AFLPA person doesn't it? Yeah 100% and the, how quickly people got on the back of, of everything not just obviously the state of origin game but I think little cl- uh, clubs are doing their own little um, donations as well which yep. is great. Yep. It just shows how willing people are to obviously donate their money. So hopefully we can get some people to donate their time as well and and just really create a, I don't know, a, a realm of positivity of something that's quite negative at the moment. Well said, mate. Good, uh, good spot oh, to end on. It wasn't already. an amalgamation, but it was... <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's a good spot to end on. Um, thanks for joining us, everyone. Uh, you can listen to this episode on our website and subscribe to our podcast via all the major streaming services. Keep a lookout for more podcast-related content uh, from the AFLPA throughout 2020. Bye for now.